I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the headline from 2021 was President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan Act. But when you start to look at the numbers, And where the money was spent, you have to ask who was being rescued and from what. And if you actually go beyond the headlines and look at where so much of that money went, you just might need to rename that the Inflation and Recession Creation Act. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we are really pleased to have joining us on the program today, Stephen Malinga, is a senior editor of City Journal and the George M. Yeager Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Stephen, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So I want to get into your your piece there in the City Journal. Uh, it's, it talks about the Biden bucks blowout. And when we often talk about the things that were appropriated uh, and how that money gets spent, uh, one of the things that we know government is really good at is uh, allocating the money, the accountability, uh, and the outcomes are usually less focused. And uh, it seems to me that's where we're headed when it came to a lot of the money that came uh, out through the pandemic. Yeah, that's true. In fact, even the phrase allocating the money is uh, needs to be explained because this wasn't like they had money sitting around anywhere in the treasury, <laughs> nor was it money, right? Nor was it money that actually, you know, that came from taxpayers. It was essentially, you know, we used to say print, new, newly printed money. They don't. It's, it doesn't even work that way anymore. They just, you know, two computer keystrokes and suddenly the money appears in government accounts. Mm. <laughs> so, so, so that's that's number one. You know, and and you talk about accountability, but right, think about this. You're a lot less likely to uh, demand accountability for money that's just like appeared out of nowhere, as opposed to something that like you know came out of my pocket or your pocket. You know. Yeah, no question. And uh, and some of the things that uh, we're, we're looking at now, there, of course, there were a lot of places around the country, a lot of counties and cities uh, that, uh, you know, had this money coming in. And it's amazing where that money's actually being spent. Again, remembering that this was, you know, part of the American Rescue Plan, uh, rescue being the operative word there. And uh, you gave a, a, a great illustration that was one of, I'm sure, countless that you uh, came across uh, of how a city is using $16 million on a public golf course uh, 
uh, which actually sounds something that would have happened more in the Trump administration. <laughs> but it's, it's coming out of the American <laughs> Rescue Club with a, a clubhouse, a driving range, uh, and all kinds of things. So how how can a city do that? How can it tell, just walk us through that process? How does a city get rescue money and end up spending sixteen million on a on a golf course and a clubhouse? Right. Well, well, as we've seen in recent years, the way that people, uh, legislators name uh, legislation these days in Washington doesn't actually reflect what it is. A rescue package suggests this was going to be something that was devoted to, uh, you know, helping people dig their way out of COVID problems. You know, but in fact, by the time the Biden administration was working on this, the, the, the feared collapse of government budgets, the state and local budgets, had never occurred. They were actually recovering very quickly, mostly because of things like remote work. But what happened is then this thing became something that Democrats in particular favor, more like a stimulus bill. A stimulus bill is the idea is we're just going to pump money into the economy and, you know, and get people spending and, and, and you know, and, and that'll help grow the economy. And so when they put the money in, they, they had very broad parameters on how you could spend it. And as a result of this, only about 9% of the money actually went to things you could say has, has have to do with COVID recovery. The rest of it is not rescue money. It's stimulus money. And they're just using it to spend. So you can justify spending a couple of million dollars on a golf course, for instance, because in doing that, well, you're bettering your community and you're hiring people to do it, you're employing people, therefore it's stimulus. The problem is, of course, that stimulus has consequences, you know, when you're essentially printing money, you know what I mean, in terms of government debt. And the, the accountability is very low because you, you've basically given a lot of these governments almost carte blanche in how they want to spend it. And they're going off and spending it in all kinds of crazy ways. <laughs> wow. And so let's, let's talk about some of those Unintended consequences. Uh, I completely agree. This was much more stimulus than anything else. And so it, it was, uh, as you said, not just printing, but just out of thin air or a couple of keystrokes kind of money going out there. So we have all of these different kind of projects and we can we can hammer all of those until uh, the cows come home. There's a lot of that. Uh, but what are the real consequences uh, in terms of having that kind of money injected into the economy with no real accountability or you know requirement for any kind of real results? Well, the first thing to remember is that even before this money was in, injected in the economy, there were several other rescue plans, uh, particularly early on. You know, and the total amount of money that was essentially created and sent back to states and cities, uh, and also to hospitals and other for you know. Amounted to about $5 trillion. This particular package, this so-called rescue plan, was $1.5 trillion. But the total injected all this new money in the economy. One of the things that you're seeing right now, which we're really grappling with, is inflation. Inflation is a product of printing new Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Funny, because it devalues everybody else's money. If, there's, if I've got money in the bank and there's lots more money suddenly out there in the economy chasing things, prices go up, and the money I have in the bank, is it's worth the same, but it's actually worth less. 
I, I quote several economists who estimate that anywhere from, I, I would say about a third of our current inflation could actually be traced to this $1.5 trillion for this rescue plan, for this money that is being spent in non-essential, in some cases, as I point out, trivial ways. So that's really significant. That's a couple of percentage points of the inflation that we're now feeling attributable directly to this. So that's a pretty serious consequence. Wow. And that's uh, that's a big one. And, and uh, I'm one of those who does be- believe in the truth in advertising and all of these fancy names, you know, we shall have clean air acts and uh, <laughs> American rescue plan. Uh, if it were properly titled, it may have been the inflation creation act, <laughs> uh, because that's clearly what uh, what did with all that money being pumped into the system. Uh, you had a couple other examples that just jumped out at me that uh, I want people to just wrap their head around. This is this is what happens uh, when you inject that kind of money with uh, no real oversight. Uh, you actually talked about a couple of places where there was money sent for cities that didn't exist or governments that weren't even functioning. Yeah. So one of the characteristics, of course, of these COVID rescue plans in general was that they were done very, very quickly. And in doing them very, very quickly, as you can imagine, there's a, there aren't very good controls. And we do know, even from the earlier plans, which did things like put hundreds of billions of dollars more into unemployment because of all the people being laid off, we now see that there was lots and lots of fraud in the system, tremendous amounts. In this particular plan, they put it together so quickly that basically there were some 2,000 local governments around the country that actually don't even exist anymore, and yet they were allocated money. Or they either don't exist or they don't have budgets, if you know what I mean. They're just, they're just like, like a shell jurisdictions. But the money was – that's a, a sense of how the money was just kind of like thrown out there. The larger message here, of course, is that when you have that kind of haphazard funding, you can imagine the levels of waste and fraud implicit in something like this. And we – Again, we've already seen it in the, uh, in let's say, the unemployment money and the money for the loans to businesses in the earlier packages that we're now totaling up what the waste was there. So you can imagine what it would be in something like this. Uh, it's crazy. And you also talk about the fact that this has driven up the cost in so many. You talk about some of the infrastructure things and how that has uh, amped up wages shortages in the construction industry, uh, pumping up those kind of costs. There's so many of those back-end unintended consequences uh, that we just don't get to. Is there anything on the horizon in terms of any oversight or oversight committees that will ever go back and actually do an assessment uh, on this so we can actually lay that out and say, okay, look, here's what happened. Here's where there was waste, fraud, and abuse, and here's what we're going to do to make sure we don't do this next time around. Yeah, well, we've already seen this on some of the earlier packages. It is out there, and if you read closely, it's there. The problem is that um, in cases like this, well, we, we tend to prosecute the people who committed outright fraud, and we're seeing some of that in terms of unemployment insurance fraud and, and the business loan fraud. So we are seeing some of that. In this case, it's not even so much fraud as it's just waste. They gave this money away with fewer restrictions. And so it's being used for things like, you know, high school gymnasium weight rooms and, uh, you know, uh, uh, artificial turf for, for, you know, your local, uh, uh, your your local uh, high school football field. Uh, And so, you know, the accountability is only really for something like this in terms of uh, voting, you know, and and people, you know, that's where, you know, you look at this and you say, this is, it's terrible. 
And people tend to kind of dismiss this, but I think if, if it's tied to inflation the way we know, we see that it was, and people are really feeling the pain of inflation, and they may soon be feeling the pain of recession because of what the Federal Reserve is doing to control inflation, maybe maybe that will influence their voting patterns. But if they don't, it, we'll just see more of it. Yeah. Uh, great insight. Great piece. Incredibly well-researched, well-written. Uh, great stuff. Stephen Malenga, senior editor of City Journal and the George M. Yeager Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Stephen, uh, great perspective, great insight. And this is something we all got to pay attention to. Uh, this is real critical thinking. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And this is why we have to have time to, one, do a bill properly, and then to ensure that, come what may, There will be a review and a process and some accountability on the back end. When you rush things through, when you jam it through, there is always opportunity for waste, fraud, abuse, and reckless spending. Uh, And I think it is true. While there were some portions of the American Rescue Plan that did have a rescue component and rescued some Americans, sadly, a lot of it was really the Inflation and Recession Creation Act. Spending money we didn't have on things we don't need in some cities that didn't even exist. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.